Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in Matthew 26 and it's a very, it's quite a long chapter. There's 75 verses and I thought that it would be wise to just break it into two parts. There's a lot to cover. There's the, um, there's Jesus being anointed with perfume, him telling his disciples he's going to be betrayed and, and turned over to be killed and the, the last supper and just all sorts of other things. So I figured it'd be make sense to break it into two parts before we, we, uh, we get started though. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your word and thank you for loving me. I lift up this time. I just pray that we would understand more about you. I submit to you completely to your will. I've done some reading, Lord, but I just pray that it would be your voice and your wisdom that we would hear. Nothing from me. So, Father, I, I just submit to you this time. I beseech your Holy Spirit to guide us and to teach us and to speak to us. May our hearts and our spirits be prepared. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as some of you know, or all of you know who've been, tra- who've been traveling this journey with me or walking this journey with me, I have a true challenge with, in, at least in my mind, with the difference between thought and intellectual understanding versus heart understanding. And so I really am trying, and part of this journey is to build that heart journey, that heart understanding, that passion for God and Jesus, not just the intellectual understanding and reading all of the facts. So as I've gone through these studies and I've been doing the readings on this, because there is quite a bit, there's yeah, everyone who, the only one who doesn't have anything on chapter 26 is Tozer, but Spurgeon does, um, the gentleman who wrote Preaching the Word, um, commentaries. I mean, there's just a lot uh, out there, and there's lots of different thoughts. But one of the thoughts that I really th- I, I took to heart was as I read this, especially the first half, to think about Jesus' first I mean, his statement in, in Matthew 16, verse 26, that says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And with that thought and that understanding about money and the love of money and how it is really the root of a lot, the love of money is the root of a lot of evils. Let's go ahead and get started and just think about some of that as we, as we read these first 30 verses. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. So he's predicting the methodology of his death, not just what you know that he's going to be killed, but he's been telling them about the cross. He's been telling them that he's going to be murdered and hung on a cross. Then the chief priest and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, who was named Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. 
While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, I just continued to be mar- to be amazed at Jesus hanging out with the lepers and all the people that the tax collectors that society says he shouldn't. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar, very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price than the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So again, just, just shortly before that, Jesus says, hey, I'm going to be handed over and I'm going to be crucified. And yet here these, these guys are, they're, they're frustrated and they're, they're condemning a person for, for putting perfume on Jesus. Verse 14, then one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. Again, Matthew sixteen twenty six. what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world? yet forfeit their soul. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Verse 17, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and went, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now, from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So there's a lot to unpack unpack here and a lot of the different elements that and different readings and teachings that I've gone through today. 
there's many different elements here. And in the past, I always kind of felt bad for Judas. Not bad, but it's like, dude, he had to, you know, someone had to do it. Otherwise, we all wouldn't be saved. You know, and it's like, you know, so was it God forcing him to do it? Or was it him doing it by his own free will? And I think there's there's a lot here to, to ponder. And, you know, I always, again, wonder... And I've, I've been saying throughout this, the readings here for the last, you know, X number of months, it's about the relationship with God and a relationship with Jesus. In fact, yesterday, I think I was saying, you know, we need to, you know, Jesus needs to know our voice. We need to know Jesus's voice. We need to know God's voice. And so it's the relationship. And I'm, I would be willing to say that Judas knew Jesus's voice. So he had a relationship, obviously. But Judas had a desire for money. And Jesus, even though he was, it seems kind of like he was trying to give him, throw a lifeline to him with, um, when he was saying, woe to the person who betrays the son of God, the son of man. It would be better if he hadn't been born. And he even addresses himself twice as the son of man in that one verse chapter uh, verse 24 Judas still has hardened his heart because you see Judas cares more about money than he does God money obviously is his God he's the treasurer for the disciples and so he is really into money and he's being warned by Jesus that it'd be better for him not to do that and when you think of what Jesus, how he replies to, or he refers to himself as the son of man. The son of man is, is a reference from Daniel seven. And it speaks of the high King or the divine King that's going to rule an everlasting kingdom. And Jesus is saying, you are going to, you're going to betray the divine King. You are going to do it and woe to you. And yet it's Judas who sought out. It doesn't say that the Pharisees and the chief priest sought Judas out. But Judas went to them and said, or asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So again, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? So Judas sought them out. He had a passion for money. And Judas is accountable for his actions. Just because it's necessary for Jesus to be handed over doesn't mean that Judas is is free and clear. Because as the author of some of the commentaries writes, he says, Judas Iscariot had the highest possible religious privileges. He had He was a chosen apostle and a companion of Christ. He was an eyewitness of our Lord's miracles and a hearer of his sermons. He saw what Abraham and Moses never saw and heard what David and Isaiah never heard. He lived in the society of the 11 apostles. He was a fellow laborer with Peter, James, and John. But for all this, his heart was never changed. You see, because the out of the 12 disciples or apostles, the 11 of them called him Lord, called Jesus Lord. 
But Judas calls Jesus teacher. And I think about that some when people say that they think Jesus was a great man, he was a great teacher. And that's what Judas thought. But others called Jesus Lord. And so today I think about, is Jesus my Lord? Meaning that my heart is truly changed. Or is he my teacher? And as I pray today and every day now, I'm praying that he's my Lord and I'm submitted to him, which I believe I am. I faith, have faith in that. But it's just I want to know him more. So with that, I'm going to just close this with prayer. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for touching my heart because as I was questioning where my heart really lies, I know your love has come upon me. Your grace is on me. And I feel the confidence that you are my Lord. And that that is where I am at today. So, Father, I lift up this time. I lift up this day. And I just pray for your word to be what goes out. That it be your wisdom, your knowledge, and your love. Nothing from me and all from you. And may you bless this day upon all who hear this. May you be honored and glorified. Please watch over our families, our children, our friends, our loved ones. And watch over our nation this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.